Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Good morning again. We are going to be continuing in our series in the Lord's Prayer. And so we're in Luke chapter 11, and then also going to be reading some from Matthew chapter 12. Uh, If you don't have your Bible, it's in your worship folder. It'll also be uh, on the screen behind us. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And then in Matthew, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold my servant whom whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. This is the word of the Lord. Say it with me. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. So I have a little bit of a a complicated history with the Lord's Prayer. It's a little bit of a on-again, off-again relationship. We we had to do some pre-filled training in uh, Belgium, and part of that work as we were preparing to be missionaries was I had to do some stuff in a Scottish Presbyterian church. And one of the things that they asked me to do one Sunday was to get up and to lead a a, a prayer time where at first I pray kind of just a prepared prayer like what Jonathan just did, and then uh, to lead the congregation in the Lord's Prayer. And so I remember the night before, I I wrote out my prayer, so I wanted to be prepared, I wanted everything to go well, and then I thought, should I write out the Lord's Prayer? (laughs) I've been a Christian my whole life, you know, I mean, I've been in church, I'm a, I'm a missionary, or I'm trying to be a missionary, I'm in, I'm in seminary, like, surely I got this. So that next morning was a bit hectic, the kids were kind of crazy that, that day, and I was just kind of tired. I get up there, I, I do my, uh, my prepared prayer, and then I say to the congregation, all right, now join me in the Lord's Prayer. And then I just, poof, it was just gone. Uh, words were coming into my, my mind, and I, I wasn't sure, like, is this the Lord's Prayer? Is it the 23rd Psalms? Like, what, what's going on? Uh, this isn't one of the type of things that you can just be like, hey, big guy in the sky. You know, like, they know what the Lord's Prayer is, right? I mean, they do this every week at this church. So there I was standing with a bunch of Scottish people looking at me, shaking their heads, stupid American. This guy's going to be a missionary. All right, great. And finally, the, the pastor bailed me out, and he started up Our Father, and I was like, oh, yes, Our Father. I think that's why the Catholics just call it Our Father, just easier to remember when they, when they get in under pressure. But, so that, that was the downside. But then uh, I, I, did, I did make up with the Lord's Prayer, and we do have a good relationship now. Eventually, uh, I've always wanted to kind of spend more time in prayer, and that was a difficult thing for me because I would just run out of things to say. So I'd wake up early, and I would say, okay, I'm going to spend some time in prayer. And then two, three, four minutes in, I'm done. Like, I just don't have anything else to say. And so finally, I started using the Lord's Prayer 
as a template for my prayer time. And so because I was an accountant, I, I took the total amount of time I wanted to pray, and I broke up the Lord's Prayer into different sections. And so I allocated a certain amount of time for, for each section to pray. And so I started using that to pray. And, and it was good. It was helpful. It was growing my relationship with the Lord. And, uh, but when I get to this part about lead us not to temptation, I didn't really have much to say there. So I actually, uh, just confession time, just between you and me, I, I would kind of add that to like an ending where I would just do some praise stuff because I didn't really feel like there was really much to this. I mean, I had just prayed forgiveness of my sins, so what is there left with this? So I hadn't realized that really when, when we're talking about lead us not to temptation, it's a prayer asking for the presence of the Lord to help us maintain our faith and our integrity during life's difficult times. But eventually I got clued into that because we went through a really difficult time ourselves. Uh, as many of you guys know, we had to leave Nicaragua. We were missionaries there. We had to leave there because of revolution. Then we go to Panama. We had a really intense lockdown there. It was basically a, a year of, of house arrest. And so we said, well, let's come back to the United States for a few months to get some rest. And then everything went wrong there. We had car problems, health problems. We, we had a, a dog still in Panama, and people were, were caring for our house, and so we're hearing all these problems. Our apartment was flooding. There was complaints to the landlord. I mean, it was just a mess, and so finally we go back to Panama, and we find out that really the bad news we were hearing was, was much worse than we had realized. It was just a disaster. We put our stuff in the storage. We came back less than a year ago uh, in August, and we were just shell-shocked. I mean, we were not doing well. I mean, if you'd asked us, we would have said, you know, yeah, how, you said, how, how are you doing? I would have said, you know, good. I mean, all right. Hanging in there. In Spanish, we'd say, in la lucha, in the fight. And that's really what it felt like. It felt like we were in the midst of a fight. Everything was really going wrong, and it just looked like more things were about to go wrong. And I remember having my prayer time in the back porch during that time, and getting to lead us not into temptation, and just the light bulb going off. I'm weak. My family's weak. And we really need the help of the Lord to make it through this difficult time. And so that's what we started to pray. I started to realize that asking lead us not into temptation is a prayer asking for the presence of the Lord to help us maintain our faith and our integrity during difficult times. And, and pe more peaceful times did come. But even more than that, I st started to feel the presence of the Lord during those stressful times, during the additional stressful times that, that, that came, that come. You know, because prayer isn't just something that we you know, check off on our list of good Christian things that we do. It's about cultivating our relationship with the Lord. And as we read in Matthew, he is gentle and he wants to have a relationship with us. And he's gentle that, that a bruised reed, he's not going to break. And he sends his presence to help us through those difficult times. And he was faithful in doing that. And it was really important because my fear during that time wasn't necessarily that, that I would lose my faith or that everything would go, you know, wrong. It, it was that we'd start to grow more and more cynical. I think this is the thing that we see a lot of times for Christians is that we start to grow cynical about prayer and about God. And we start thinking, well, does prayer even work? Does God even hear our prayers? 
And so we just start to grow incrementally harder and harder. And this is what the devil is using. This is what our enemy wants us to do. In 1 Peter it says that he's like a roaring lion and he's looking to see who he can devour. And he's waiting for those times of our weakness where, where the circumstances get really tough, where we're in la lucha, where we're in the fight. And he wants to use that time to really attack us. And what he wants to do is he wants, us to, convi- he wants to convince us that sin is rest and that our relationship with the Lord is work. I mean, how many times have you heard or maybe you've done, you know, where you're under a period of stress or somebody you know is, is under a lot of pressure and what do they do? They, they just go to an inappropriate website or they start watching some inappropriate shows or they, you know, they're, they're hurt by somebody. So they just want to sit in, in their anger, right? And they just say, I just need this right now. Like, like this is their rest. Like, I, I'm just going to sit in my anger and it's going to grow into bitterness and hate and And we do all these other things to try to medicate us when we're in these difficult times. We look for other things for rest. For me, that's Oreos. And I don't don't understand why people do anything else when you can have Oreos and you can just binge eat Oreos. And that makes you feel better for a little bit. But that's problematic too because that's gluttony, right? That's, That's sinful too. So gluttony isn't just overeating. It, you know, it's, it's paired with laziness and drunkenness. It's about overindulgence when we do that to try to find our rest in something else. And so it can be eating. It can be over drinking. It can be over shopping. It's all these other things that we use to try to, to minimize our stress, to try to find rest in something other than the Lord. Because we're not called to stress eat, obviously. We're called to stress pray. That when we're in those difficult times, when things are going bad, that we turn to our, our Lord and Savior who is gentle towards us. A bruised reed he won't break. A smoldering wick he will not quench. And the idea that um, sin is rest and that living for God is work is really, that, that's a, the state of us when we were unbelievers. That's, that's true for unbelievers. Right, so when, before we got saved, when we were, when we were not Christians, we were in our sins, and we were separated from God because of our sins, right? And so, so we were separated from God, and, and God was right because we were criminals to, uh, from his law to, to be under his condemnation, that he would need to punish us for our sins. And so sometimes uh, unbelievers, right, we, as we feel that or they feel that, and so they try to do good works to try to mitigate the bad things that they've done. And so that's, that's what they try to do. And in those cases, good works really is work for them. It's, it's, it's not natural because they're not with the Lord. And that doesn't work. We can never do enough good deeds to overcome the sins that we've done. But we have a loving Father. And He cares about us. And He wants to have a relationship with you. And so He sent Jesus to come, born of a virgin, fully God, fully man, lived a perfect life. And he went to the cross, and because he was fully man, he could go to the cross as our representative. Because he was fully God, his blood was precious enough to pay for all the sins of the earth. And he goes and he takes our sin and our punishment, and he dies on the cross. And he dies taking the punishment for our sins. And then he's buried, but then he raised again, defeating the power of sin. So he defeated the penalty and the power of sin, and he was sent to heaven, and then he sends us the Holy Spirit to revive our souls so that we would repent of our sins and so that we would turn to him and that we would get indwelt in with the Holy Spirit. 
And then what he does is it's a process we call sanctification, where we become more and more like Christ. And sanctification isn't just not doing bad things. I mean, that's part of it. But it's becoming more like Christ. And as we spend more time with Him, as the Holy Spirit works in us, and we'd call it union with Christ, as we become more like Him, spend more time with Him, we become more like Him. And as we become more like Him, we become holier and we become less sinful. And then we start to find more and more of our rest in Him and less of our rest in sin. Because that's the Holy Spirit working himself in us. We start to realize on a personal level that God's not a harsh taskmaster master waiting for you to mess up just so he can, you know, get back at you, rub your nose in it or whatever, but that he's gentle and he loves you. But the words from Matthew are right, that a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not quench. And as we grow in our faith and as we grow more and more like him, we're able to defeat some of our temptations, and we're able to find our rest in Him. But oftentimes what happens is circumstances in our lives come, and they're difficult, and we're under more and more pressure. We're under more and more difficulties. And the enemy's crouching, and he's looking for ways to to, to get you to fall. And what happens is we start to feel alone. We start to feel isolated from the Spirit, like we, He's not going to help us. We start to grow cynical. We start to feel alone, and like we have to do the Christian life on our own efforts. Reminds me of this man I heard speak. He was a, a pastor in Saudi Arabia at one point. Uh, he had been since he'd been in prison, and then he was exiled. So I heard him after he was exiled to the United States. But he spent a lot of time in prison in Saudi Arabia for being a pastor, and that's less than ideal right? You don't generally want to go to prison anywhere, but if you have a choice, you don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. That's bad. And then he had to spend a lot of time in solitary confinement in Saudi Arabia, which is even worse. And so he was there alone in this cell. He didn't even have a full set of clothes, and and he just didn't have anything, and he was under there, and it was difficult for him, and he was alone. And he said that uh, they would come, and they would give him his food, and then they would take the tray away. And his drink would come in some sort of wax cup. I, I don't know what type of wax cups they have in Saudi Arabia. But in my mind, I pictured at the time the little cups that you, you get to like rinse your mouth when you brush your teeth. Right? They had this little wax cup. And so one day, when they were taking the tray away, they left the wax cup in the prison and in his cell. And so finally, he has something. This is the only possession that he has. And so, so he starts holding the wax cup and looking at it and caring for it. And his heart really starts going to this wax cup. This is his one possession. He really loves it. It's, it's really great. He's really excited about it. But just the heat of Saudi Arabia and the oils on his skins, eventually the wax cup just started to deteriorate. And just one point, it just completely was destroyed. And he said he was so crushed by that that he started to weep over his wax cup. And things worked out better for him. He was able to reconcile with his family and go back to go to the States, and and everything worked out a little bit better for him. But but oftentimes we can feel like him. We're in circumstances, we're in difficulties, and we feel isolated. We feel alone, and we can feel like our faith is a little wax cup, 
and we're doing everything we can to try to maintain the wax cup. We, we love Jesus. We, we want to grow in our faith with him, but it just feels so fragile. And so we go around trying to care for our little wax cup on our own, and we can't because we were never meant to. We're, we're not able to do that. We need the Holy Spirit's help. That's why we have this prayer to lead us not into temptation, to ask for the presence of God to help us maintain our integrity and our faith during life's difficulties. Because sometimes we're holding it and it feels like it's about to break. So maybe you're about to go, you're a student, you're about to go back to school in a couple of weeks, you're, you're pretty nervous about it. Because maybe you, you feel like there's two selves. You have two selves. You have church you and you have school you. And in school you don't have any Christian friends. So you don't really like school you. But you really like church you. And maybe this summer you went to camp. Or you, you had a, a, just a revival in your soul. And you, you desperately want to go to school and live like a Christian. But you're so nervous. You're so afraid. Because you don't know. You, you don't have a great track record with that. And so, so you're like that man. You feel alone. And you feel like your faith is this, this little wax cup that you're trying to hold. And you're so nervous about what's going to happen when you go back to school. So that's when we're invited to pray. To enter into a relationship with the Lord. Not, not just praying as a checklist item that good Christians do. But about cultivating a relationship with a loving father. One who's gentle with you, who, who uh, a bruised weed he, a reed he won't break. And he promises you he'll, he'll be with you. Maybe something in your circumstance will change. Or maybe you'll just have his presence working with you, walking with you as you go through this difficult situation. That's, that's this prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Help us. Or maybe you're at work and in life and it's all that's overwhelming to you, trying to manage everything going on in your life and family health problems and you've got work problems and you've got home problems and you just feel overwhelmed and you feel alone and isolated and you feel like this man who's alone, isolated in prison and you're just holding your, your little wax cup faith and you're trying to hang on and you just feel like, I don't know if I can do it. You're in La Lucha. You're in the difficult time. And this is what this promises, that, that we can turn to God in prayer. Not, not as a checklist item, I've done my good Christian duty, but as a relationship that I'm going to draw close to the Lord and He's going to draw close to me spiritually and we're going to feel the comfort and presence of His Spirit, the joy of the relationship that we can have in Him and that He's going to help us. Because that's what this prayer is. That we ask for the presence of the Lord to help us maintain our integrity and our faith during life's difficult times. But maybe, maybe you don't feel weak and you feel strong and you feel like everything's going really well. And that's good, oftentimes. Uh, that's, that's why I felt uh, up until about last year sometime when, when, things, when things started to, to turn and get more difficult. But we have to be careful in those situations too because even though we feel strong, oftentimes we're not as strong as we think we are. That's, that was the, from the passage that we read in the reading of the law and it ends, therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Right? Because sometimes we get puffed up. We start thinking, oh, we're doing good, we're doing good. But the devil's a lion and he's, he's raiding and he's looking for our weaknesses so he can pounce on us to try to to try to cause us to fall into temptation and to sin. I mean, think about the disciples the last week of Jesus' life. I mean, before his, before his crucifixion. That was 
the time to be a disciple. I mean, it was pretty awesome, right? So he comes into Jerusalem, and they're having the palm fronds, and they're singing, and everybody's you know, excited about Jesus, and he, you're, the disciples are in his entourage, like, yes, this is good. He goes, he clear, clears the temple, he has power and authority, he raises a dead man. I mean, this is exciting stuff. And so they had to be feeling like peak discipleship, joy, and strength. We've got this. I mean, when they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, they bring swords, right? They're ready, right? This is it. This is the time. And then Jesus goes to them, and he says, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. I think, brother, what is he talking about? I mean, we got this. So what do they do? They take a nap. And then he reminds them, and then what do they do again? They take a nap. And so then, when the soldiers come and the, the, the guards come, what do they do? They abandon him and flee. After the week where everything was going really well, everything, they were feeling strong, and then they run. So we have to be on guard. That's why this is part of the Lord's Prayer. That it's something that we are to pray regularly. Even when we're feeling weak, and that we just have a wax cup of our faith, or whether we're feeling really strong and everything's going well, we need to be on guard and understand the reality that the devil is like a lion, and he's trying to come, and he's trying to get us. Because even when we feel like we're strong, we're never really all that strong. I have a little dad joke in my house, and it's not very funny. Um, but I stick with it, you know, because that's just what I do. And so when I have four daughters, and when they can't open something and they ask me to open it, I say, oh, you need a big, strong man, right? So they come to me, hey, can you open this water bottle? Yeah, oh, you need a big, strong man. I mean, I'm so dedicated to it that they just cut to the chase now, and they're just like, dad, I need a big, strong man. And then I get up and I say a quick prayer, you know, like Samson, like, all right, let me open this thing. There I go, and I, Lord willing, I'm, I'm able to open it. I'm able to be the big, strong man. I mean, obviously, I'm stronger than my, my children and my, my daughters. So how does somebody who's weak honor their stronger father? It's not by sitting there getting stressed out trying to open up a jar of pickles on their own. No, the weak... Honor the strong by letting, letting them be strong, right? If you want to honor your father or your husband this week, give them something to open. But, but be kind. Just, just loosen it up a little bit for him so he, you know, so, so he, so he gets it. That's, that's, because that's what, that's what we do. When we are weak, we honor the strong by letting them be strong. See, our lives is like the jar of pickles that we can't open. And we're not meant to open it. We're not able to open it. It's designed for us not to be able to open it. Why? So that we turn and live in reliance on the one who's strong. On the Lord who cares for us. And he wants to demonstrate his strength and his love and his care. Yet we feel sometimes as Christians that we can't admit that we're weak. That we, we don't want to we, you know, go in our prayer time feeling all weak and, and ungrateful. But the way that we honor the Lord the way that we honor the strong one is by going to him and praying for him, praying to him and asking him to be strong for us. Because that's what this is. Prayer is not just the checklist the good Christian does. It's about entering into a relationship with a father who loves you and you ask him, you say, hey, I'm, I'm weak going into this and I need your presence and your help 
to get through whatever this difficult time. I need to get through this difficult time, and I want to maintain my integrity and my faith. And he's so faithful towards us. And he's so gentle towards us. And see, so part of that is, and my, my encouragement to you today, is that during this week, during the weeks to follow, that you try to take some time to have an extended time in prayer. Not as a checklist item, but to grow your faith and grow your relationship with the Lord. To just try to spend one day, 20, 25 minutes, going through the Lord's Prayer, breaking it up if you want to do it the accountant way. And if you don't know what to say, what I do is I write my prayers out like a letter to the Lord. That's easier for me to focus because my mind goes everywhere. But other people like to go to prayer walks. Some people like getting on their knees. Whatever it is, it's... The right way is the way that works for you, right? So whatever you, however you're built, that you would take some time and to spend 20, 30 minutes, at least one day this week in prayer. And, and if you're married and you got little kids, it's, I know it's hard because I've been there. I have four. Uh, and they're not little so much anymore, but they were at one point because that's the way it works. And so during those times, uh, we help each other out. So... Husbands, talk to your wives. Wives, talk to your husbands. And try to play interference for each other. So at some point during this week, you can have an extended time in prayer, using the Lord's Prayer, not because this is what good Christians do, but because this is where Christians find their rest. And a relationship with a loving Father who's gentle towards us and who cares for us. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench. But also I want to point out one one caveat to that, and it says, until, until he brings justice to victory. See, there's some people here who don't have a relationship with the Lord, who haven't repented of the sins, who haven't given their faith to him. And that until is pretty important because you may be desiring to have this relationship with him and the rest in him, but if, you, if you've never repented, then you can't have that. And that there will come a time where gentle Jesus comes back as the judge. And in that day, you want to be found in him, and he invites us to have a relationship with him if we repent of our sins and put our faith in him. And so if you haven't done that, then I encourage you to do that today. Even uh, as the, the final song is, gets played, uh, there's no need to wait. But for those of you who are here and maybe you, you feel like you're struggling, uh, just, hey, I'd encourage you to take time to enter into prayer, to pray that the presence of God would help you maintain your integrity and your faith during whatever difficulty that you're facing. Or if you're feeling strong, great, but also be on guard and pray there too, knowing that even if you're strong, you're still weaker than your Heavenly Father, and His strength is what you need. Honor Him by asking Him for His help, and He will be faithful to help us. Let's pray. Father, we come to You knowing that You are here to help us that you desired a relationship with us in the first place, and that's why you sent your son. So obviously you desire to continue that relationship with us. We pray that we would help, we, you would help us even to find the time during our schedules to dedicate to you, to pray, and to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, even if we had to start with one time a week, we pray that it would continue to grow into more, more times during the week, but that we would also just grow in our love for you. And for some, that might even sound too, too hard and too far of a reach. Their time, they feel, maybe they're too broken. 
Father, we thank you that you're gentle with us, that you care for us, that you won't break the bruised reed, and you won't smolder the, the wick that's just, that just barely going, Lord. You, you care for us. You love us. Be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, the Lord is with you, and he cares for you, and he wants to be with you, and he wants to give you his presence to help you through the difficult times of your life. And that's really what the heart of this benediction is. It's his presence and his face shining on you. So, adopted children of God, receive your benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace, both now and forever. Amen. Go in his peace.